good to go? Yeah, I'm good to go. You're all Peter. You're always good to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. Hello, welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. It's and been a while. That's it. That's it for the original crew. Yeah, no Zach, no John. But we do have first-time guest in front of the podcast, Josh Landrum. Wow. <laughs> Oh, thank you for having me. That's quite the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of blitzed through that. I'm pretty proud of myself. I feel like usually I stumble. I pronounced your name correctly. I don't know if you've listened to the episode where I cannot pronounce John's name. Oh, <laughs> there's the same amount of syllables in our names, too, so that is impressive. I still I listened to that the other day, and I still can't get over the fact he's been on almost every episode just dropped his name completely well also you're friends with him yeah in real life oh yeah too, no, outside. Don't, don't put that on here <laughs> acquaintances <laughs> colleagues yeah. we've met before <laughs> it's been a hot minute since we've been on the mics uh you know for our podcast being called too much free time i seem to be the only one that has that so. <laughs> i called out one sunday and that's because i had a terrible musical experience that's true that sounds we won't go into it i now. know that, i know you mean like <laughs> piano but just the context of saying i had a terrible musical experience makes me think you were in like a production <laughs> like things went real south yeah sound uh. of music gender swapped <laughs> i'd watch that i don't know if this is a joke <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bit this is a real thing that's what you were at <laughs> <laughs> now i was involved in a disaster we don't have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah, because we're supposed we're to talking be talking about another about disaster. Ooh, Ooh, that's a tease. Ooh, <laughs> that's what we say in the biz. But uh, <laughs> this is our review for The Rise of Skywalker, episode nine of the Skywalker saga, which I is think inappropriately called. That's a tease of my final review towards the end. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, we're going to just do a couple basic um, movie I'm basically saying we're going to do a non-spoiler review at first, and then I'll let you guys know when we're going to go and do a spoiler thing, and I'll tag it in uh, the comments or the bio or whatever to let you know if you want to fast forward to that. But yeah, we we saw Rise of Skywalker opening night. I Josh, I would consider you a big Star Wars fan. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Peter's... I've seen them. Peter's, I've read more books. Peter's seen them, read the books, but I would say you're a casual fan. Is that too strong? I'm not an apostle. <laughs> but an you apostle. enjoy them. Yeah. Okay. I want to. Fair to say. <laughs> Peter, would you like to go first on your non-spoiler review just of the movie itself, of sure. the experience, the gravitas? So J.J. Abrams second at bat. Uh. <laughs> bat batting cleanup. <laughs> How do you non-spoiler... It's Just over. Just talk about whether or not you liked. Yeah. <laughs> there are some things I liked for sure. Uh, non-spoiler, Kylo Ren nailed it. This is his best one. Oh, Adam Driver. Opinion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's fun. It's Star Wars. Yeah. It's, you'd say it's Star Wars, mm -hmm. Josh. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my question, and I've wrestled with this so i wonder if this is a fair question but did y'all like this movie like just objectively did you like this movie so okay yeah so basically what i've been telling people when they've asked me and i would argue i'm still kind of processing i'm probably going to see it a couple more times um i enjoyed watching it like the enjoyment of watching a star wars movie was there and with all you guys yeah like i i feel like more so than last jedi 
uh, it felt closer to Force Awakens. I felt like I was like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, instead of this is pod racing, this is Star Wars. It felt very Star Wars. I had a lot of issues with story points, like a lot. And I would argue that for everything I liked in it, there was something I hated is equally or more so. So I'm in a weird wishy-washy like i sent zach texted me saying like what i thought of the movie afterwards and i sent him that and then the gif of the of kylo just being i'm being torn apart because <laughs> that's how i felt leaving the movie there were so many things i truly enjoyed there are other parts that infuriated me or make me go i don't understand why that happened and it's just they're so polar opposite it really did kind of split me on it i but I still would recommend people seeing it out of fun. You know what I mean? It's a fun Star Wars movie. Yeah, I, I feel very similarly to that, where I think I liked it, but I was not satisfied by it, That's a, that makes I, sense. That's a good way to put it. I think, to your point, Mark, anything that has... Star Wars has such unique sounds and such unique music, and you can just tell when it's a Star Wars movie. Right. And it's objectively, to me, it's just more fun than any other movie experience yeah, like almost any other always genre movie yeah so you can whatever they put on my plate i'm going to eat but i'm not with i'm you. not sure well i'll say my non-spoiler review is this is the only star wars i think and this might not have been true if i saw attack of the clones as an adult for the first time <laughs> this is the first star wars movie i've seen in theaters where i audibly laughed at something that wasn't supposed to be funny <laughs> that's no i feel like that happened to me with a couple things um yeah, I again, you know, we're old enough to where when the prequels came out, we were young enough to just this is awesome, this is fun Star Wars movies. Like, I think I had a birthday party to see Attack of the Clones for like the seventh time. <laughs> like, you know, I that was yeah, we liked Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I do think we're also in a weird Star Wars fandom like age group where we were old enough to see the re-releases in theaters but we weren't old enough you know what i mean to have seen them when they first came out if that makes sense so we're in that yeah, weird gap that like we technically grew up with both the original trilogy and the prequels mm-hmm. so that kind of gives us like a weird gap as opposed to i would say the generation above us is all old trilogy you know what i mean they were old enough to kind of think wow these prequels are garbage to be frank and then you know the younger kids now really are going to grow up with just the sequel trilogy so we're in an interesting dichotomy when watching these right and i think i'm not sure when star wars toys entered the mainstream i'm guessing like sometime in the 80s yeah early 80s maybe yeah i would imagine it was like post new hope they started and i think because there's that story of uh one of the reasons why uh, Return of the Jedi was rewritten was because the toys from Empire didn't sell well because Empire was so dark. Right. And so he rewrote parts of uh, Return of the Jedi to be more consumer friendly. But I think we are maybe like the second generation to really like grow up with Star Wars toys, grow yeah. up with Star Wars being like Luke Skywalker was my like yeah. my hero. And I think even for like my parents' generation, you know, they're seeing it as, you know, late teens, early 20s. So they're not growing up with this, so to speak. It's just a mind-blowing experience. And for us, it was like the best movies we had seen or the or our heroes that yeah. were like, you know, that we wanted to be like. 
Yeah, and I mean, really to kind of, last real question before we get into spoilers for this, is it's, because this is episode nine, and they pitch it as this is the end of the saga. Do you think this ending felt like the ending to a saga, like nine movies? Or do you think it felt like just an ending to this trilogy? Or or both. It can be both, but... I think it felt like an ending to The Force Awakens and that it skipped over The Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it, it felt like a... If, it, if you put the sequel trilogy in a bubble, this ending was fine. I think it, it did end the, the trilogy. You know what I mean? I think... Mm-hmm. cut and dry and i agree with you like like you said the and we'll get into it more into spoilers it really does feel like this movie was hey the last jedi kind of didn't happen <laughs> and uh this movie just kind of tries to wrap up everything so and that and that's one of my complaints too was it's kind of a convoluted storyline there's a lot going on and i think it's okay so it's a two hour and 30 minute movie give or take a few minutes. And honestly, even though I know we're saying bad things right now, I think if they had stretched it to three and done the in game thing, I think things would have been cleared up a little bit more or some things might've been smoothed out a little bit better. Cause I didn't feel like the movie was super long. Like I said, like I had a blast watching it like two hours and 30 minutes mm-hmm. kind of went by. There's a little drag in the middle. Yeah. Like a little they were drag. super fast at the beginning. Oh my gosh. Down. I got whiplash from the quick cuts in the beginning. It was so fast. But uh yeah, like I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? If it had been stretched to thirty uh to the full three, like in game, it would have uh helped it or hurt it. I just I I don't know what you would have cleared up that would have made the resolution well, any better. I just think certain things wouldn't have been as rushed, so we would have had more processing time, if that makes sense. Also, Peter, I completely stepped over you about the ending of the trilogy versus the saga. Trilogy. Like, do you think the ending to this movie was a satisfying uh, ending oh, no. to all nine? Oh, no way. Do you did you at least feel like it was an in- satisfying ending to the sequel trilogy? No. What? I mean, <laughs> let's just go right. Can we go back? Can we, let's just go right in there. Into spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Because the okay. question I have. Okay. Well, uh, let's give the spoiler warning. Okay, we're getting ready to talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'd bail now and come back. Uh, again, I'll try to timestamp it in the description. Okay, so we're going into spoilers. Peter, ask your question. What is Ray doing at the end? She's burying the lightsabers. What, is she Obi-Wan now? Oh, I don't know. I think I think her ending up on Tatooine was a fan service thing of like... For the visual effect of like where the journey started to where the journey ended. Like I was fine with her being on Tatooine. I thought it was weird she buried the lightsabers. One, because she might need them. Like she- <laughs> <laughs> That's why you thought she was burying those? Well, she buried them for a weird sense of like closure. But if she's going to be the new Jedi that starts the new Jedi Order, hey, that could come in handy when teaching people. But yeah, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Also, I did think it was interesting she built her lightsaber out of her staff, but I thought it was going to be like a lightsaber pike or a double-bladed lightsaber because she's so used to fighting with the, the staff. Like They even show it in the beginning of the training session where she can't hit the droid with the lightsaber, but she hits it with the staff. I was like, okay, 
and then it was it was just a giant chunky like new staff lightsaber yeah what i know about ray's character is essentially that there's nothing she can't do oh in these yeah. movies that's really one of the only things i feel like we know for sure about her is that she can do anything i laughed because um one of the critiques has always been Ray's too powerful. They kind of went from zero to 11 with her real quick. I laughed that instead of like toning her down, they turned everybody else up. It was like in gaming when they're like, instead of nerfing Ray, they just brought up everybody else to Ray's level. Like Palpatine straight up shoots lightning at ships out of that chair. At the sky. Yeah. <laughs> that was the part that I audibly laughed at. <laughs> I, I, did, I thought he was shooting that up as like a ha-ha, and then when it started doing stuff, I was like, oh shit. Oh, and like, how long were those ships falling too? Like, Congratulations, Palpatine has reached God level. I was like, that's <laughs> excessive. Since we're in spoiler territory now, I think we should all say at least one thing that we do like about this Yeah, movie. I was, uh, before Peter's I question, my original plan was, let's talk about the things we like first, and then I was going to go into the other stuff, but Peter started with that question. You For every jerk. three things <laughs> I don't like, I have to say something I do. Isn't that how that... Or something. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. But I think that's... you should say something positive about Rise of Skywalker right Kylo now. Kylo Ren. Oh, my boy. I can say one of my favorite parts of the, it. Ironically, my favorite parts of the movie are the beginning and not the very end, but towards the end. The opening of this movie got me so pumped. I got like, I got like an adrenaline. Like, yeah, let's do this. Because it was the crawl, which was cool. I thought it was a good crawl. Really? Oh, man. What, the but dead speak? You didn't like the dead speak? I think it's the worst. Okay. Scroll. Well, we won't talk about that because we're talking about positive <laughs> yeah. things. But when it goes from that to just Kylo wrecking fools. In slow-mo. In slow-mo, body slamming people, just cutting everybody down. Ooh, I loved that. Him getting the Wayfinder or the Holocron or whatever, and then him just immediately flying out there. His whole like elevator ride. He was jacked up, ready to wreck people. I was all about it all about it yeah that was a blast and i think piggybacking off of kylo ren ben solo to me was the <laughs> oh the best part of that's the what i was saying by the 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 end parts like the beginning of the yeah. end when ben comes back with the lands with the tie fighter ignoring that that didn't make sense but the type like right and we'll the get moment, to what doesn't yeah. make sense from when him, we have time from <laughs> the moment he landed to the moment he died i was ecstatic it like, felt like he, he was a totally different person and that's all adam driver i think i read this comment on reddit um i think it was like yesterday or the day before but that was perfect where he was both anakin and han solo in that moment like every all of his mannerisms was he was moving like anakin and then he'd make a sarcastic thing like han and someone pointed out i didn't catch this but when he does the no look shoot on the guy with the blaster or whatever, uh, that's what Han does in Force Awakens when he comes out of Maz Kanata. He does the no look, just shoots that guy after he like draws down on a bunch of stormtroopers. That was a nice thing. That was really well done. I I was a little disappointed. I know we're saying good things, good but things, I was a little disappointed things, that things. his only line as Ben Solo was "ow." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that until later. I got home. I was like, he didn't say anything. That was the last line. That was the last we ever heard of him. I I mean, you could argue. His whole his Ben Solo dialogue was with Ghost uh, Han Solo, which again yeah. we'll get to positive good. things. 
I'll pivot piggy or piggyback pivot into that was actually my favorite moment of the whole movie was Kylo Ren fighting Ray on the wreckage of the Death Star and everything that happened with that from beginning to end loved that whole scene. And I, I wish we were going to do our Star Wars rec- retrospectives and I wish we had done our prequel one earlier because I have for years said how you fix the Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight scene, even though the meme of I have the high ground will forever be in our hearts and it's amazing. <laughs> and I love that for the meme's sake, but how you actually make that moment impactful was if Anakin beats Obi-Wan and he's going to kill Obi-Wan and then Padme dies. And it's that same moment, that same Anakin being like, oh shit, Padme's dead. Like, pause, what is? what am I doing with my life? And just to have Obi-Wan take advantage and cuts Anakin down. That adds like so many layers. And if they had done that in in uh, Revenge of the Sith, that'd have been a nice, another parallel for uh, Kylo to have. Because he was definitely opposite Anakin. That mm-hmm. was like the vibe of his arc. But I loved that moment. I'm I'm wondering if I'll still like it down the line in terms of Ghost Han. And they do say he's a memory, and it is just a verba- almost verbatim of their moment on um, Starkiller Base. From, yeah. So it, it lines up that it is just a memory and him just thinking to himself. Doing what he should have done the first time. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. appreciated that about it. That I it was that. if he had chosen to come home with Han at that point, that's what we were seeing. And right. I, li- I liked that. Also filed under things that don't really make sense. But I did like yes. that part. Because um, I do agree, and I thought about this. I think that I've been a propo- big proponent of Anakin needed to be in this trilogy. Yeah. Putting that aside, okay, a great <laughs> opportunity because, and this is a thing that they didn't, like they just forgot about from Last Jedi, was Luke's whole speech to Han was like, basically, I'm going to haunt your ass. You know what I mean? What an amazing moment would it have been for Luke to ha- like had talked to Kylo there, and then it phase into that moment of it would because Luke should have been haunting Kylo this whole time. Mm-hmm. Every time we saw Kylo by himself, it should have been Luke being like, "What Pestering are you doing, him, Ben?" Yeah, yeah. But again, we're trying to be positive. Trying to be positive. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm, that crushed me. It's the funeral it, of a relative you didn't really like. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> That's what I feel like we're at right now. Remember the good things. Remember the good things. One thing I will say that this is maybe the only thing upon thinking about this movie afterwards that I realized I did like is that when Ben sacrifices himself for Ray, he's basically turning to the light to save someone he loves from dying, which is the polar opposite of what Anakin did, right. which was turning to the dark side and losing or possibly being the reason his loved one died. So I thought that was an interesting parallel, and I, I I might be giving them too much credit to say that's what they were going for. I don't know, but that's how I, I like to view it. I think it is because it just it, – and it's one of the complaints I have for the series. This is a positive thing and a negative thing. I know we're – but I would argue this trilogy was supposed to be Ben Solo's trilogy. Like, this was supposed to be his, and we weirdly got that – trilogy from Ray's perspective and that kind of muddled things if you will because it definitely is in my opinion from Force Awakens to uh, Rise of Skywalker it seems like he has a reverse Anakin storyline 
and exactly like you said, I think instead of Anakin mm-hmm. wanting to be the good guy, then falls to the bad side and then redeem whatever, it's it's the reverse. Kylo wanted to be bad, he couldn't be bad, but then he ends up saving the one he loves. You know what I mean? It's it really does. I know there's that joke in the George Lucas quote of the it's poetry, it rhymes, and everything's supposed to be kind of. So I I will give them that. I think it just comes muddled through while they're doing that. They're also trying to be like, what do we do with Ray? Because I think they kind of, I I think when people talk about this trilogy is not planned out, I think Ray is the thing that's not planned out. Because everything about Kylo's seemed pretty lined up. Finn, I feel like people couldn't decide if they wanted to use him or not, and I feel bad because Finn was an interesting character, and I love John Boyega. I don't know, but positive thing. I liked the threes dynamic. I thought they interacted with each other really well. I wish that is what I wish we got in last Jedi. That was something I felt like that was missing by having everybody scattered. And I also, I laughed at some things you weren't supposed to laugh at, but I feel like I genuinely laughed at a lot of the humor. I thought Oscar Isaac, I thought a lot of his jokes landed for me. I thought his general just attitude was funny. Like, I don't know. It it felt Baby More enjoyable Frick or whatever. Oh, Babu, Babu Frick loved Babu Frick. I don't know why, like by all things that should have annoyed me. I loved Babu. I Frick. felt the same way. I, I was wondering to myself too, why did I think that was really funny? And <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see it again to see him. See Babu Frick. <laughs> Cause as soon as like he appeared and he's like, he's the size of like, like a gremlin. Yeah. Like smaller. And he's just like speaking nonsense, then saying his name like a Pokemon. Well, then... I was also looking at the um, logistics of the room. There's still real life stairs, so I'm just imagining how he's oh like, how he's getting in and out, trying to go up the stairs. Like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> he's a little thing in a normal person room. It's that, awesome. But that's a good that's a good transition. Let's talk about the new characters that were added because I I think that was something that was kind of weird about this movie like we got a lot of new characters a lot and some old friends and some old oh man when when lando came in pitching that colt 45 oh my gosh i i know that was like super cornball i loved it though when lando showed up i was like i'm i'm 100 percent on board with this this is super weird kind of tonally out of place I'm all about it. Let's do this. <laughs> I thought that was a good part, too. I thought his introduction made a lot of sense. That's exactly where you'd expect to find that guy is partying with some... Planet Burning Man. Yeah, Planet some Burning, burning man. man. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, adding Lando back was interesting. I thought he'd have a little bit more screen time, but I, in retrospect, I think he was used, used well. Um, Better I, than Wedge Antilles. Who... I saw when he was announced that he was coming back for this. I was like, "Oh, cool! Is he going to be one of the, like the Resistance generals or something like that?" Or no, he's just in the Millennium Falcon to shoot some ties down and just well, go. How about Good this? flying, Lando. He had three more words of dialogue than Ben Solo. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, the new characters didn't really do much for me. Yeah. I, I think because of the pace of the movie and how much they tried to put into this they really could have used just one new character, like either Zori or Janna. I don't think we needed Zori both. got the shaft. 
Zori Zori goes up there. She's not as bad as uh, Captain Phasma, the Knights of Ren, Boba Fett. She didn't get that treatment per se, but I feel like she was built up more in the pre-production stuff and uh, the marketing material. And I mean, it's Carrie Russell. Like, she's a known actress, a good actress. So you're like, oh, interesting. Like, what's she going to do? Is she going to be like some loose cannon working both sides? No, she's just like Poe's old friend. Gives him a coin, shows up at the end in a Y wing. That's about it. I did make it off the planet that exploded. That's true. I forgot about that. That's Literally, see, the only that's two a, people on the planet you care about no, make see, it off. That's a good sign that when that planet got blown up, I didn't think about them at all. Like that didn't hit me. I wasn't like, oh no, those people died. It wasn't until they showed up later that I was like, oh shit, yeah, they were on K- Kajimi, Kajima, whatever. Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. Were, oh, God. <laughs> I would say that I cared a lot about John Williams, the bartender oh, on Kajimi. Oh, yeah, that was that With was an funny. eye patch. <laughs> and he's gone forever. Oh, man. Is he? Or did he hop, did he get off and jump on another Y-Wing? Well, I would say he'll probably just come back with Sith magic. It seems yeah. like that's well, on the table now. We're not going to there yet, Peter. We're I'm not still talking, talking about Sith we're, magic. We're still talking about new characters. Oh, I was, yeah. Yeah, new characters. Who else is new? What's the name of Finn's? New girlfriend. Oh, uh, Juana? Jana. Jana? Jana. Jan- yeah. But that was that a was new a character. wasted opportunity for me. 100%. Her, she's been living on this moon of Endor. She's got the weird bow and arrow thing. I was actually like skeptical about that. I'm kind of on board for that. But she's apparently living with a bunch of ex-First Order stormtroopers who all decided to, to mutiny. Like, there is so much there. And I'm sure that'll get expanded on in... You know, the extended stuff in a book or in a comic or stuff. But that was such a wasted opportunity for the movie. That's such an all of the Stormtrooper subplot stuff that happened with Finn, with them. I felt like that should have been more of a plot point. Well, and the whole time, you knowing Finn is an ex-Stormtrooper or whatever, I was thinking more of his arc would be trying to find more people like him. And they just stumble upon them. And he's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they're best buds. But then, I, like, I was also expecting at the end more people to mutiny or all that, you know, like, yeah. to oh, find out they're all people. It I seemed told- like from Force Awakens that was going to be the plot for Finn. And, and it seemed like they were laying the groundwork in this movie, too, where she said that there's more people like us. And it just seemed like where they were going with it. But Yeah, I said it, it when we left. I thought the whole reason the Sith fleet was created for this movie and whatnot, I thought the pivotal point was going to be when all that happens, that the First Order was going to turn and was going to at, like help the Resistance fight the, the last, the, la- the final order. Final. <laughs> and um, that was going to be a plot point. And that's why they introduced the Red Stormtroopers because I was like, oh, so that way visually we have a, okay, you know what I mean? Like tell the, yeah. there was all these building blocks and then that didn't happen. And I was like, oh, so they just had like, massive fleet (laughs) but that couldn't fly on their own yeah they couldn't like get they couldn't break atmosphere or something or Or they didn't know where to go i don't i was it was that was a little confusing but yeah i also thought it was interesting that you could shoot the beams on the bottom and it caused the rest of the ship to blow up that was a little independence day that's star wars though because you can also shoot any door that you want to either open it or or close it (laughs) but they had a 
they had an ability in this movie to defeat the trope that the bad guys always got a planet killing super weapon. They had the ability. That fleet was massive. You knew the First Order already had a massive fleet. Stakes are high enough. There was no need to add, oh, also they can one-shot kill a planet. It's the only reason J.J. Abrams came back, man. It's in his contract. To <laughs> every but movie like, he makes from here on out has to have one. Like, I'm, I'm a Starkiller-based defender. I think it was, I understand it was the third time there's been essentially a Death Star, but the Starkiller-based thing was interesting that it was out of a planet. You find out it's Ilium where the Jedi had got their lightsaber crystals. And that's like adds a layer to there's like cool stuff with that. But that should have been the last time anyone tries it. They even make fun of it in this. Um, speaking of the new characters, oh, what was his name? Pride? Grand Admiral? General Pride. Yeah, he General... was probably the best new character. I yeah. Think. Well, that's because I forgot that actor's name, but he's one of those actors that just like you give him anything. He's going to chew up scenery. Yeah, he's just gonna he was do... just a perfect villain in these types of roles but where he, he makes fun of Hux. He's like, and this will help us make up for the mistakes of Starkiller base. I was like, aha, yeah. No more super weapons. Oh, they're all super weapons. Shit. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering how they advance technologically while Palpatine's a puppet. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not even been that long that it's we been had been 42 years? Yeah, since... It was the size of a moon. Then we had to get bigger and make it the size of a planet. And now we've gone from the the iPod normal to the iPod pequeño. iPod, yeah. Put it on a star. Destroyer. Yeah, the Death Star went on the iPhone track. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That was interesting. Um, also, new characters that were added to the Resistance. Um, why Dominic Gleason? No, no, no. That's uh, Hux. Oh yeah, that's that's Hux. What am I thinking? Of? It's like, the he's from, uh, from, he's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was uh, Pippin. He was in Lost, Montague, not Montague. Penny's boat. Yeah, that's his name. I have really no comment on him. He had what? Well, that's what two I was or surprised. three lines maybe. And but like, he I was, was like, there. was he in the other movies? No, no, he was just added, and he's yeah. the one that gives the funniest. I this is one of the parts that wasn't supposed to be funny that I laughed at because I realized what they were doing. He quote unquote explains the holdo maneuver. The holdo maneuver, which I actually thought was a nice little touch, but while Pal why Palpatine's still alive. He's literally like running through, he's like, who knows? It could be cloning, it could be Sith alchemy, it could be like he lists like three things and they're like, but that doesn't matter, and they move past him like, no, it does I think that's a really matters. good point though and I think that sums this movie up is they tried to give us everything they were like did you like the last Jedi here's Rose uh, for two scenes did you <laughs> thank like goodness though I, I was something I liked her saying I can't go with you I have to study some Star Trek I felt so I okay I liked that she wasn't forced into this but I felt so bad for the actress because that was clearly a hey so no one liked you in last Jedi um we're gonna we're gonna shuffle you back a bit. Don't worry, like you're a leadership role in the resistance now, so it's kind of a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, even narratively, it made sense though, right? She's a maintenance worker, yeah. so she shouldn't be leading ground yeah. support on a star destroyer. But I just felt like they tried to give us literally everything. They're like, Did you like the original trilogy? Here's Palpatine, here's Luke being who you wanted him to be. Did you like the prequels well here's palpatine again and <laughs> yeah he can do whatever you want and it just seemed like they wanted everyone to like it so much that they just packed every Everything single star wars it. bit into it and i think it was worse for it 
I'm trying to think if there were any other new characters. I feel like I might be... Oh, well, we didn't talk about the Knights of Ren. (laughs) So... (laughs) That sound effect, first off. (laughs) That's my opinion as well. (laughs) So, So I've been one of the people... From the beginning, from the moment they were mentioned in Force yeah. Awakens that have been theorizing and all about and super psyched to find out who the Knights of Ren were. I'm currently reading the Rise of Kylo Ren comic where they explain who the Knights of Ren are and they do have kind of a cool badass story. It's not what I thought it was going to be, but whatever. Or anyone probably thought right. they were going to be. It, and I'm not going to go into that because you should read the comic if you want to. It, oh. It's very interesting. So but, they are a rock band. In a sense, <laughs> no, but um, the fact that they were built up and it was like what you're saying is the, they were trying to give us everything. They were like, okay, we're finally going to give them the Knights of Ren, but they didn't think of a way to put them in the story that wasn't, they got Boba Fett They got, or Captain Phasma for this trilogy where it's like built up. They're super badass. They're standing there. They've got all the armor, the weapons. You're like, oh, there, that scene where they're walking up the hall and um, on one of the starter stories or whatever with Kylo, you're like, oh, they're they're gonna go destroy some people. Let's do this. Then they're just, they literally are just standing around the whole movie. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of expository dialogue. You know, Star Wars is notorious for it. Oh, yeah. kind of like you were talking about the cloning or South Alchemy. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no mention of where the Knights of Ren have been, been this for two movies. Time. Because they're Kylo's personal guard, and you would think they would have his friends, they, right? Well, Possibly, yeah. They follow Kylo, like they—that's their leader. So I understood the whole they remade the mask for him because I imagine that's some sort of like religious thing for them. Like it—it's because people liked the mask in the first one, but also people liked when he didn't wear it. So they yeah. gave you both I, of those. I things. have a—I have two comments about the mask that I'll come back to, but with. It's weird how they introduce them. Like you said, no exposition. So then at the end, you're unsure why they're fighting Ben Solo. Like, yeah. Because, you know, you could just be like, oh, well, they could sense he turned to the light. But, eh. And it's like they're never explained to be working for Palpatine. Exactly. So. Why are they even there? Yeah, there's there's some questions with them. And, uh I, even though I did enjoy that fight, like we were talking about, that was Ben Solo being Ben Solo. When he, honestly, my favorite like moment of the movie is him getting the lightsaber from uh, from the Force Bond thing. Just him pulling that down, and then the shrug he gives him, like, well, well I have a lightsaber now. I loved that moment. That was, it's not as good, but that was up there for me with. Um, Vader and Rogue One. That was just like a little thing I've been wanting Kylo to do when just become Ben Solo, wreck people. That whole fight scene. It was, I agree. Here, it was one of the only things that felt earned in the whole movie, I think, where they were building up to something that paid off finally. And that that was it. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, the Knights of Ren, they were added. They were kind of our last quote unquote new character. Um, like, I guess, let's talk about, I guess, returning characters. Because, so, I don't even, the irony of this is weird. So, they brought back Palpatine, but in a way, they also brought back Leia, because Carrie Fisher, R.I.P. And I think, I think one was handled better than the other. I think 
Leia, bring back Leia the way she did. They did with the obviously using footage from Force Awakens and Last Jedi, possibly that they had filmed already and repurposing it. You could tell just through dialogue and the camera face and just people's response back to the that dialogue where it was the CGI face. There was a couple times that took me out of the movie because I was like, "Ooh, that really looks bad." But for what they had, I think they did an okay job. Like, it could have been worse. I think after seeing it, I think they executed as well as they could have with the footage they had. I think it didn't serve the movie well to try that, though. I think they could have maybe had her do what she did to reach Ben earlier in the movie. Because I felt like her dialogue was so clearly... They built a dialogue around other people. And there was a sequence where I feel like her and Ray handed a lightsaber back and forth at least three times. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just because that's the footage that they had. I know what scene you're talking about. And Leia's line about never underestimate a droid. And that never pays off. No, it does. does. They say it like 10 minutes later. Yeah, they say it. Okay, Ray does mention it again. And that's it. it. (laughs) It's a pretty inconsequential mention. And I think it's just because that's what they had. You know, I was expecting that to come back in the end of the movie. And it doesn't, but I think that's just because they threw everything they had at it, and it just didn't well, really work. And when they like, because they set themselves up for these one-liners, where Kylo's mask is one of those one-liners. Oh yeah, we talked about this when we left the theater, where um, the I can see through the cracks of your mask. Oh. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's a metaphor. I get it. Yeah, it was. Of, it definitely felt set up because I see the red cracks. I'm also drinking out of a cup. Which I liked. I read the, the, I think it was Vanity Fair, did a whole article about them bringing the mask. Not a whole article, but they did an article about Ben Solo and Kylo Ren, and they talk about the mask. And I, it was a cool little thing about, I'm spacing on what it's called, but there's a Japanese art style. Kintsugi. Is that it? What it's called? Yeah. Where they break, a, they break a vase intentionally and then reassemble it with that kind of, I forgot what material it is, but to make it look like that? Yeah. Super cool. And I like that that was the inspiration. I like I visually I thought it was great. So my two comments about the mask that I mentioned earlier. One, I have a theory, and I found this theory other places, so I'm not alone. <laughs> I think because Adam Driver, he's crushing it right now. He's in a thousand different movies. I I I'm a believer in the theory that they brought the mask back for. I mean, story-wise, I think it was another F you to J.J. Abrams, or not J.J. Abrams, uh, Ryan Johnson, for breaking it in the first one. Uh, But I think it also works, because I honestly think that wasn't Adam Driver the entire time in some of those scenes where he's wearing the mask. Because all the pivotal scenes where he's talking to Ray, talking to, really just talking, or is doing something serious, he doesn't have the mask on. But a lot of the walking around, a lot of the, like, especially post him fixing it in the beginning. You know what I mean? When he's on the ship addressing generals, I could see that not being Adam driver and they couldn't get him on set because of just his busy schedule. And I think that's actually a really quick workaround of being like, okay, well we really made the mask. Let's just put him on this body double and we're good to go. Yeah. I was okay with the mask too. I think thematically it's to show that he's broken and I, I trying to put himself back together. I do laugh though that, uh, the mask disappeared for like, not a plot point reason. Like it wasn't like in um, Last Jedi where he smashes it in the elevator. It was literally like I think he took it off 
when they escaped in the Falcon and then it's like to talk to her before she escaped on the Falcon. I think that's like the last we see of it. He like, I guess just put it down. I mean, have you ever forgotten your glasses somewhere? I mean, he was just like, I'm going to go to the Death Star. I feel like I should just do this maskless. (laughs) Well, this, I might have to rewatch this again if I might be wrong here, but doesn't Ray tell him then I wanted to take Ben Solo's hand. And that could be a big turning point for him too. To That's where true. everyone associates the mask with Kylo Ren, and he's feeling a little bit more conflicted. That's a good point. And when he sees her again, he's trying to put the full court press on her to join the dark side and go defeat Palpatine with him. But he's trying to pander to her, I think. That's a good point. Um, the, like, I mean, yeah. The, but going from Carrie Fisher and that stuff to uh, Palpatine, let's talk about Palpatine's revival. I... I'm fighting the urge to believe that that completely undercuts everything that's happened previously to this movie. Cause I understand that when the, the thousand Jedi generations of the Jedi now live within you moment happens, Hayden Christensen says his VO is bring back balance as I once did. And I know Palpatine says I've died before, but it still feels like, hey, Anakin never brought balance to the Force. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in that, how did he? Yeah, how did he bring balance? Because he didn't it, really die. Yeah, it. And I, I was one of those people. As soon as the trailer came out, I, I first got excited when I heard the laugh. But then I thought about, oh, if it's just gonna be the Emperor's back, Anakin has to be in this, or this is all pointless because. It's not just it's so like when Disney bought, you know, Star Wars, they retconned a lot of stuff or not. I shouldn't say retconned because of they deleted a lot of legend stuff and they did their own thing. They did change a lot. They did not change that Anakin was the chosen one. They made that like there's an episode. There's a three episode arc in the Clone Wars, which was made under Disney. So it is canon that 100 percent confirms that Anakin is the chosen one. Like they go to essentially like a force heaven world that basically confirms that, you know, Anakin's the chosen one. So him killing Palpatine and destroying the Sith brings balance to the force at the end of Return of the Jedi. So he completes his mission. Da, 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 da. Palpatine coming back. Woo, that kind of undercuts it that. It makes it sound like he'd never actually been gone. Yeah, because he's been planning all the shit. I will say one thing I did like from that, that whole conversation, because I've been one of the Star Wars fans that has had that theory that the rule of two that the Sith have, where there's always a master and apprentice, there's no more, no less, the two, has always been about spe- like power passing. That when the apprentice finally kills the master, the m- apprentice pretty much absorbs the energy through dark side nonsense, the power of Sith alchemy. Yeah. His master. So like, that's why the rule of two happens. That's why Palpatine is so powerful when he finally makes himself present to the Jedi. Cause it's been years and years and years of this force passing to where now, you know, like he is the representative of these years and years of Sith. I actually am super on board with that idea. And I love that. I don't, 
have Anakin be in there, do something. I don't even know how you do that. Like, but Anakin needed to do something. Oh, I thought there was a real opportunity with Kylo killing Snoke in the last Jedi. I thought they were building that up to where Palpatine saw this guy as killing his master. So he is becoming a Sith that Palpatine can maybe take over his body. I think there was a lot of avenues they could have taken. Yeah. It. My concern when they rolled out the trailer and you hear Palpatine's laugh is that it's going to take a lot of selling to convince me that this was a good idea or it's going to take a really good explanation. And they didn't explain it at all. They didn't yeah. even take a crack at it, which I think is even more they of just, a slap in the face than if they had made a bad explanation. He's just there. They he did, says he died, Yeah, but they, he's still there. They did the uh, fan service quote of um, the dark side is a path to powers and things. That Some can set to a natural. Like when they first <laughs> unveiled him and he was like a weird puppet thing, I was like, okay, so he's not really alive. Maybe this is when we find out that there's like some Sith cult that's trying to bring him back, and that's going to be the whole thing. That's too dark. And then as he... But he had the Sith cult. He had like this this coliseum of hooded dudes. Yeah, but we didn't really talk about him. Yeah, didn't acknowledge them, and they all got crushed by rocks, but... <laughs> I think this movie was almost made to pander to people who hated The Last Jedi. Oh, I, I, I got think that vibe. 100%. The script just felt like it was like, hey, we know a lot of you hated this, so we're going to course correct on a lot of things. But I think they had a chance to have Palpatine even be the reason why Luke was seeing into Kylo's head and seeing all this destruction. I think they could have made that hold more weight. Oh, yeah. The things they could have corrected that people really didn't like about The Last Jedi, they could have made that actually in context, seem like a more logical thing. logical thing. Yeah. And they didn't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for my, when we do the sequel trilogy retrospective to get into my whole take on the sequel trilogy as a whole and what they should have done. But I agree with you 100%. It seemed like such a pivot to the point where I just started... I mean, when we got done watching the movie, I kept bringing up questions of like how that undercuts what happened last Jedi. I think the biggest one being Ray, Like... I get the fan service they were doing. Luke raised the X-Wing out of the ocean. And, like, everyone thought he was going to do that in Last Jedi. And when they didn't, I understood why. Because it's been in the ocean for years. And he'd use it to build his hut and stuff. And it set up why he did the Force projection that ultimately killed him. Like, that was all set up. I, I didn't necessarily agree with it. I understood it. All tracked logically for me. The moment he raised the X-Wing out of there. As a force ghost. As a force ghost, which, awesome. I've always been a big fan of uh, Legends Luke that goes like Super Saiyan 9000 God mode. <laughs> but I understood that Disney didn't want to do that. Well, it's some of that force um, unleashed video game stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. But the moment he raises the X-Wing out and she gets in it and flies to Exegol, that completely undercuts. Like, so Luke could have flown to crate. Luke could have, he could have left Oct too. He might just be lazy. Oh, I know this isn't the Last Jedi episode because I am one of 30 Last Jedi fans like, in, <laughs> in, in the U.S. So there's, I will defend it. There's more than that. But, but I think dozens. if we want to talk about the Last Jedi a little bit here... I think if Luke had physically gone to crate and faced Ben Solo, he would have been tempted to actually fight back. And I think what he did was the most uh, the most Jedi thing you can possibly do. And a major display of power that 
is a sacrifice in and of itself, but also a pacifist thing. I, I, I agree with that. Like my, my stuff with the last Jedi and, uh, wasn't about Luke's death. Mine was about a lot of the stuff that happened with Luke and what they did with the Jedi order. And again, this isn't the last Jedi episode. They make that not voluntary. Right. That was my previous point is that this movie had an opening and I'm not a big fan of all the course correcting because, again, I liked The Last Jedi. It did have a lot of flaws and things that I didn't like. But this movie had a chance to put that into a better context. Right. I, I agree. Like, there wasn't, I would say, in certain aspects, there wasn't a lot to build with. Eight people on the Millennium Falcon as the Resistance is a hard thing to be like, what are we going to do with this for the next one, going to the next trilogy? But as far as the Jedi stuff goes and, like, a lot of that stuff, I think and especially the themes they were setting up in last Jedi could have been built on mm-hmm. and done and given more context and now, and kind of getting to the end of this movie. So we haven't even talked about Ray like, yeah, let's just go into Ray's storyline here. So let's start at the beginning with her training. So Ray's training to be a Jedi from Leia now. Uh, and we're revealed that Leia received more Jedi training than initially thought which I'm okay with. I, I liked, really liked that flashback scene. I know it was CGI mostly, but that was cool watching them with the hoods or the helmet things fighting each other with lightsabers. I liked that. Um, so it all makes sense, I guess. And you could see that that was the plan that they wanted Leia to be Ray's master. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passed. Was Kylo Ren messing with her? Oh, we're talking about her parentage thing? Because this is the other thing that no, was Well, a... they kept flashing between... Are you talking about when she's training? When she's training. Is oh, that I think why so. she couldn't use the lightsaber? Yeah, yes. it, it definitely is. It's Kylo's... Yeah, Kylo was... when He's he trying to reopen hand... the bond, I think. Because isn't it shut off last we've seen? And he's trying to... Well, she's shut it off. Because right. the way that ends in Last Jedi is her basically flipping him the bird. Yeah. And... Um, cutting it off and i think this one is him trying to open it back reopening up. it yeah i think and that's it, what messes with her off and then she says sorry leia i'm not ready for this lightsaber then they're like, it. we then, have a mission no but you need it hands it back but also never underestimate a droid, droid. <laughs> yeah the yeah uh, and i do laugh and i said this in the movie when she's done with her training and they get on the millennium falcon there's like this nice moment of the it's like the big 3 and chewbacca and they're all looking at each other like hey we're going on this adventure kylo has just found the wayfinder thing pa- sith pathfinder sith very pathfinder. important well it's a holocron it's a great car it was <laughs> <laughs> but all of that all felt options. like an ending to a previous movie like it felt like that should have been the ending to a movie that they were going to do the next movie is built off of. You know what I mean? Like if, if something about how it was shot made me think that this was a movie ending. Yeah. It would be a movie, the search for the last Sith Pathfinder. Right. And then that's the end. Right. And it would, could have jumped forward in the next one where it's like, we've been looking for this for months. That scroll. is, And we found them on Exegol, you know, like, yeah. Did you know he was looking for the Wayfinder on Mustafar? Yeah. In the beginning. Hardly anyone else does because it's a montage scene. It's a montage scene. They fly through it. I read through the the visual dic- visual dictionary leaked the other day. I haven't bought it yet, but um, well, Last Jedi when they do the six planets in six minutes and they tell you where they go. Yeah, why didn't they true. do that here? But 
But yeah, it's Mustafar and who he's slaughtering are Vader cultists who like worship Vader as like a god. Which to me is so interesting because that's something that we would really like to spend some time with. Yeah. And they just breeze past it. And apparently it's in Vader's outside of Vader's castle, and Vader's castle's in ruins, and those cultists have used it to like build a villain. Like, that's so awesome. How is it in ruins? (laughs) It's not been that long. I know. But yeah, so but we were supposed to be talking about Ray's arc here which so, involves kylo ren it does so it's her turn to be a jedi she doesn't think she's ready because she's feeling the anger or whatever they go and search for this hol- the other holocron sith wayfinder thing that they're gonna pathfinder pathfinder it was in bold sorry it's important it's it a important. pathfinder to the sith <laughs> i didn't watch the movie with subtitles <laughs> <laughs> no it's the scroll it was it's it was like kylo ren's looking for the all caps sith pathfinder <laughs> but so like her whole arc is about her dealing with her anger mm-hmm. that could lead us her to the dark side and uh of jakku of jakku and then we're we find out the dun 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 <laughs> That's all stemming from the fact that she's a Palpatine, which I am not okay with. I was a big... Okay, so post-Force Awakens, I was one of those people saying she can't be a nobody. She has to be related to somebody. After Last Jedi, I was like, that's crazy they're going nobody, but I started to like accept it. Like By the time this movie was coming out, I'm actually on board with Rey being a nobody. I'm like, that's an interesting idea to take. You know, you could, you know, since it's the ending of the Skywalker saga, it's a passing of the baton in a way. I think it happened a little too early, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I finally accepted and was like, I'm on board with the nobody thing. I think she's just too powerful. <laughs> Let's go forward. Then they throw the Palpatine thing at me, and I'm like, ah, we just got on board with her being nobody. But the force <laughs> lightning out of nowhere, too. I I liked that scene for the sole purpose of that was a go big or go home in terms of like, okay, so now they can just grab ships out of the sky. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> Man, yeah. <laughs> Apparently two ships. But anyways, yeah. I, I think it wasn't as interesting. This is what happened in Return of the Jedi. It felt like we were seeing just an expanded upon exactly what Luke went through in Return of the Jedi. Uh, kind of grasping with his parentage and also that he has the capacity maybe to turn evil. And if he doesn't keep it in check, it might happen to him. And I think there's two things about the Palpatine reveal that I just cannot vibe with. The first being Palpatine had sex <laughs> with a with a woman. <laughs> True. Because Very there is yeah. no <laughs> chance. I, I would have been better with them saying she was a clone or his son was a clone. It, let's... I mean, we don't even have to talk about his son, but what is but what the, is going on? The mirror scene in The Last Jedi was like screaming she's a clone. Screaming right. it. Right, it was there. It, and and that would have made it contextually a little bit... I, I like the idea that she's a nobody, but I think that would have at least added some context to that scene too in hindsight. But my second thing is that Rey's never met Palpatine. For all we know, she doesn't even know who Palpatine is. Yeah, I thought he. I thought she was gonna. Because remember in uh, Force Awakens, she's like I Han Luke Solo. Was a the, myth and, yeah, Luke right. was a myth. Han Solo, the Rebel General, and then Finn's like, "You mean the smuggler?" Oh no, she says smuggler, and he says Rebel General, whatever. But like, they're myths to these people. Yeah, like right. Said, so, so there's no. It doesn't hold any weight because how? I mean, how does this really affect her? You know, emotionally even. It, for us, I don't care, but I think for her even. 
at least for Luke, Darth Vader is someone who killed his mentor, who he knew was his mentor's best friend. And up until that point, thought Vader had killed his, his father. Dad. Exactly right. So there's so many layers there, layers there where yeah. you're like, I can see how that would be really emotionally conflicting and hard to hear. For Ray, it's just like, this is just a plot point and we could have just eliminated Palpatine from this story and it would have solved a lot. Well, and the Force powers, but like skipping a generation and not just that, the fact that his son has a kid with someone else, wouldn't it make more sense if the power was almost diluted? Like the child of Palpatine should be Force sensitive, should not have had to die like that. Yeah, that's what I was confused about too. And I, I that's one of the things that's hard for me to imagine is that Palpatine, if he had a son... After having sex. After, yeah, <laughs> yeah. somehow. We can't forget that. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, in, in the kid, if trend. the kid was force-sensitive <laughs> at it. all, how Palpatine would have, wouldn't have, A, killed that kid or, or trained him, one or the other. Yeah. Like, the Sith don't have a weird thing about kids, you know, like the Jedi do, where, like, you can't have emotional attachments. The Sith don't give a shit. So, I, I mean, that was a leap for me. For sure, um, I I think it would have been better for her to be a nobody. But I'm also was a hundred percent on board. There was the theory that because the original opening shot of the Force Awakens was supposed to be Luke's hand floating in space, holding the lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back, and it was supposed to be not like now in days in the stories, but it was supposed to be it's like still out there. It was supposed to be post Empire. <laughs> It was supposed to be post Empire, or something. That's how someone picks it up, or whatever. And uh, I took that as, oh, that's interesting. Maybe she's gonna be a clone of of Luke or Anna. You know what I mean? Like, and how do you in- inject the midichlorians? Well, that's well, that's what's gonna be interesting. Was I was gonna be wondering if if she was gonna be like half Skywalker, half Palpatine, because he was gonna put his own to try to make Ray. And that could have been a thing where she's one of like a million, but hers was the only one that was force sensitive. Like there's a thousand ways they could have done it, but I'm just saying like, that's what I thought it was building towards. And it to be just like a, no, the only clone here is Snoke. And I was like, what? (laughs) The vats vats of Snoke. That was pretty funny. Why do you need more than one? That's what I was confused by. And they're already injured. They're clearly wounded. Yeah, they're pre-wounded. And uh, I was confused by that. I I don't like... I mean, I'm one of the people that was all outcry of, like, we never learned anything about Snoke. We want to know more about Snoke. How did he become who he is? Well, that was answered. That was that was answered. But boy, oh boy, am I... Careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a monkey's paw if ever I've heard of one. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh, he was created in a stew. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just been Palpatine the whole time. Uh, all right. That's it just of... felt like something that they needed to spend some time with. Because if I'm Kylo Ren, that news is going to make me so mad. Because that cost him everything. And they spend one sentence on it. He brushes past it. And well, that's all. That's a leap in logic I don't understand either. Was the um, him needing to go get Ray so they can destroy Palpatine together. Why wouldn't he have just offed Palpatine right there and been like, awesome, I'm Sith Lord. Because he still has the hots. But He's hormonal. He, he still could have had the hops. I'm just saying, like he just wiped out an entire village of people on Mustafar. Like, Nothing brings you closer together than when you double team an old man. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> no comment. <laughs> I mean, okay. Palpatine, you know. Okay, we're we're running out of time, but uh, there's so much. We didn't talk about the dagger. C3PO's eyes turning red. I have I have a thought about the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's, let's talk about the dagger. Uh, and then let's go to the end and we'll wrap up what happens at the end in our f- just final thoughts. This isn't an original thought. I read this today, but someone had to have been observing the ruins from a mile away and sketching where the, to use Peter's terms, Pathfinder is in the ruins of this Death Star to then make a dagger that the looks like a map. The exact angle. Instead of going to retrieve said Wayfinder, <laughs> they put they it there. They made a dagger. <laughs> but see, like, I. Uh, okay, I was on board with the dagger thing. I thought it was going to be like a. I, lack of a better term, like a magnet. Like, as you get closer, like, it, you could feel like it. If you were a force user, you could feel the pull of it. You know what I mean? Nope, or like it light up. Like I thought yeah. it was going to be something a space like protractor, that. a Sith. Protractor. Oh, what's this? Because it's it looks so ancient. Like I thought it was like yeah. an ancient Sith. No, yeah. it's been magic made in the last dagger. thirty years. A hun- it was probably made two years ago in the story. Because like, <laughs> what? I, I like that this movie felt like an Indiana Jones movie in some ways. Yeah. There was a lot of relics, a lot of things that they were looking for. But they're not even old enough to. Relics. Exactly, but <laughs> this is one of those movies where the more you think about it, the less sense it makes, and it it doesn't hold water after that. Right, it's the, just all falls apart. The MacGuffin search is fine. The MacGuffin search works in ninety ninety percent of movies when it's done correctly. This was one of the ones where I was on board with it until it turned into the we went here because this person's gonna have this information. Oh no, that person's dead, but don't worry, we found this, which is gonna lead us to the other information. Oh wait, we lost the Pathfinder because of this. Don't worry, that droid we found three steps ago has known the whole time. It's like, wait, what? And if that doesn't do it for him, they have a feeling that they follow. When Finn was force sensitive, we didn't even talk about that. Finn's force sensitive. I like that plot point. For the sole purpose of I've thought since the beginning that Finn should have been the Jedi. Finn should, like a stormtrooper, mutinying, becoming a Jedi. Fascinating story. 100% on board. I liked Ray's character in Force Awakens. I've liked Daisy, Daisy Ridley's like portrayal and everything. But it's just Luke, but she can do more things. You know what I mean? And that's not as interesting as a stormtrooper who's ran away out of fear. He admits it and is learning to like stand up against his enemy and becomes like a Jedi who they were supposed to be trying to kill. Like there's so yeah. many layers to He's that. He's even less good than the new chick's name. Jaina? Jana? Yeah, because they can't she can't explain why they didn't and why they all like together said no to shooting people. But Would like you- that was a better group of like moral high ground people than even Finn is or was. Well, but that's but that mirrors what happened in Force Awakens when we're introduced to Finn because that's what he he doesn't shoot. And I actually thought in Force Awakens that was the tell that he was going to be force sensitive, not that he didn't shoot, but that cuz Kylo points him out. Like Kylo doesn't see him not shoot, but when Kylo leaves that village that he just wrecked in Force Awakens, he Good stops scene. and Good stares scene. at Finn. And that always felt weird. And then when they say, like, one of the stormtroopers helped him escape, he immediately is like, it's effing whatever, da 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 I thought that was a tell of Kylo could sense that he was Force-sensitive, and that was a big deal. But like I said, I wonder if it's going to be revealed in 
external stuff that the first order stormtroopers are all force sensitive kids that they've kidnapped because in extended universe stuff right now, there's a lot of pl- plot lines of the emperor trying to get force sensitive kids. So, right. I, I think it's just frustrating that they tugged at that string a little bit and then dropped it. Completely. Yeah. He completely. never explicitly said I'm force sensitive or I think I can experience the force. I was just hinted at. And I then it goes nowhere. To, I wanted him to do a force thing. Like I wanted, and not like a big one. I wanted him to have like a little moment of, like when they were on the ship, if when he was going down or something, he like dropped a blaster or something and pulled it back to him and just had that moment of like, oh my gosh. Yep. You know and that's I mean? the thing I just, liked about The Last Jedi is that there are a lot of Force users out there not just limited to right. Jedi or Sith. And I think that would have been a cool continuation of that thought. Right. And uh, like, and it's weird that that was a criticism of Last Jedi because anyone that's read through the Star Wars stuff, like if you've only seen the movies, I get it, but like... Star Wars fans that were super against the broom boy thing. I thought how the broom boy was presented was my issue, but the idea of him has always been a Star Wars thing. Like mm-hmm. where do they think the Jedi got the Jedi? Like they went out and found right. broom boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, did you forget Phantom Menace? We went out and found Anakin. Anakin. Like, yeah. Like, are you a slave? Yeah. It, I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was weird, but yeah, I, I think the Finn storyline was interesting. The fact that it was the whole Ray, I have to tell you something was completely dropped as well. Right. And Blue now we have balls. now we yeah. have to decide whether it was, hey, I think I'm force sensitive or hey, I love you. Or hey, I, I like Rose, or hey, I like this new girl. Hey, me and Poe are banging on the side. I'm fine with the Poe Finn bromance thing. I know people aren't ready for that, but I'm okay with that. It felt like that's why Zori was in the movie, though. Yes. to tell you that Poe doesn't swing like yes, that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> that, is, that is what that vibe was. But that joke landed for me at the end when it's the, like, thanks, and then it's just the, do, do you want to? And she's just, nope. <laughs> it's like, fair. Fair. Fair point. But it feels to me with Finn, it feels like there's a, a lot of movie that was cut and that maybe when they release the DVD, we'll get right. to see some expanded right. scenes. The When I was saying three hours, stuff like that maybe expanded a little bit more to add a little bit more smooth. You want to see him hand-holding. Not no. specifically Finn and Finn Poe. Po. I'm more so about, the Force-sensitive thing. But yeah. maybe that that's too. That yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They, they get a... I liked their moment of... Um, general. General. After like Poe walks up, he's like, I'm in charge now, and I'm making you a general. He's like, great. I, I don't care. Well... Thanks. <laughs> and Finn, Finn definitely isn't with Rose anymore. He might as well have called Oof. her Bud. He <laughs> put his hand on her shoulder when he left. That was that was some friend zoning shit if I've ever seen it. That was harsh. That was rough. <laughs> what thoughts on Hux being the spy? I'm glad you brought this up because this part bugs me so much. That did not land for me at what? all. What? What are you talking about? I'm so happy that Pride straight up shot him. And I don't because that was the conclusion of it, that adds to the why did we do this? <laughs> like, yes. And I think it makes sense if Hux maybe turns a mutiny on Kylo or if Hux finds Palpatine himself. But it makes no sense for or, him to bring it all down from the inside like that. Or if it's Hux. Uh, well, I guess it this, he's a spy too early for it. But the I was going to say the whole Stormtroopers turning against the Sith thing. Like that works if Hux is the one that like I joined the First Order, not the Sith Order. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know, but that whole thing was oof, oof. <laughs> Let's talk about the ending, though, and then we got to wrap up. The final confrontation, 
So we get po- uh, Ben Solo, Ben Swolo, if you will. I will. Uh, yeah. Too bad. He was shirt- He had that shirt on the whole time. Ugh, bummer. But <laughs> not in my eyes. I really did think he was shirtless, I guess, at one point. Pants up, past his belly button. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the style. But uh, Ben Solo, Ray Palpatine, lightsabers in hand, let's fight Palpatine. They are ad- incinerated. <laughs> Pretty much. This is another thing, completely rushed, forced, and just like ignored almost immediately because it just turns out to be a plot point. They call them a dyad in the force, that their force bond is so rare and powerful. Somehow, Palpatine is able to suck the life force from him, and I'm, he's alive now. Okay. Lots to unpack there. But then uh, Ben Solo gets uh, yeeted. Just right and just into because the he's the first one to wake up, and I think that's supposed to be another sign of he's technically like more powerful. Because there's a couple other moments like that that have shown they like finally powered my boy Ben up. Because he whole whole saga except for this last one, he's been getting his ass kicked. Oh, yeah, and I, when it's Kylo been bu- Ray. Yeah, it's been bugging me. That's another reason why my favorite movie or moment in this saga is the Death Star fight scene. Because I'm like, finally. Ben is a trained dude. Wreck this mm-hmm. fool. Like, but again, just yeeted right into a pit. And as we just learned in this movie, falling down a hole does not do anything yeah, to anyone. It means you'll be okay. Right. <laughs> Which makes me think Mace Windu's out there somewhere. Everybody who's ever everybody. died, bring him back. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's Darth Maul. Yeah. Palpatine. Why is there a pit, though? I don't know. There's just a giant-ass pit. For plot. <laughs> this movie isn't a really a story pit. so they much dug as things a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> Like even Palpatine's one-liner of being like, "As I fell, yeah. so shall the last Skywalker," and then yeets him. Okay, he says something like, "So is the end of the story of Skywalker." At some point, too. Yeet. Either way, it's yeeted into. It was that for the pit. trailers. It was for the trailers, and uh, we get Ray. God. For the third time in Palpatine's life, this boy needs to learn a new <laughs> trick besides Sith lightning because him shooting the lightning at Rey and she blocks it with a lightsaber and she's struggling. And I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense because, you know, he's all powerful. She gets that second lightsaber, though. It's because she was only using one hand. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's hitting him with that X blade. <laughs> and that's just shooting the lightning back on him. And but it does he stop? No. (laughs) One of the funniest comments I saw on Reddit was... Like, it is completely up to him. Palpatine Palpatine shooting lightning is like an old man peeing. It's too painful to stop. So you just have to see it through. (laughs) It's it's just like, that's what happened to him. That's what's just every Uh, time he used lightning. Yeah. Three, well, at least three times now. Multiple unforced errors from this guy. (laughs) It's just insane. Ah, And it's, ah. again, (laughs) it's, again, in service of the plot of just, you know, he thinks he killed Ben. Why wouldn't he have just yeeted her into the cave, too? Pick her ass up and just toss her. Did he, though? If he can feel all these things, but he can't feel some life in the bottom of this hole, you know, like... If he can feel things from a galaxy, well, this is this away. is Star Wars. A uh, Star Wars faultism is that like I sense whatever is so hit or miss. 
there's always a conversation of like, I sense anxiety in you, but then they don't sense something else that happened. A heartbeat. Yeah, there's like a lot of back and, and this forth. is something else I think too that That's this movie Star Wars where it just didn't feel earned is that Ray, I guess, has the Jedi text and teaches herself how to heal people and things. Yeah. Well, if Kylo knows how to do this too. That must have meant Luke taught him to do that because that's a light side thing, right? Right. Well, if Luke taught him to do that, that has to mean Obi-Wan knew how to do that for Qui-Gon or anybody oh, who's the, ever been the stepped. healing thing? Right. So I, I think this is one of those things that just feels so unearned because yeah, it doesn't them, make any sense. And even how you're introduced to that, like healing the sand serpent. That was so forced. And then she's like explaining it to the robot, you know, she's like, well, this is just je- some of my life force. Yeah. And I guess the way they ended up executing it, they had to have that scene because it's well, Chekhov's gun. Unless yeah. Jedi, they do this too, where they say, I know you're not actually here. This would have killed you. The effort would have killed you. Right. To project. Yeah. They, so they, they did setup. set it up, but I just it, felt like it doesn't make sense when you think about how he can that, do that. Yeah, the force healing thing for me has always been like a a weird thing because it was introduced in video games first. The first time it ever appeared in any Star Wars thing was in video games. And that made sense in the context of a video game because yeah. it's a video game. And if they if you try to insert it into the canon, I don't I think healing yourself is one thing. Like a meditative like Jedi are able to control their body, so like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that makes sense. The I agree with you. As soon as it became a healing others, a lot of problems come into play. It became a plot point, and that's frustrating. Do you mean Anakin turning to the dark side to save Padme if he had only paid attention in class? Like, he would have known he had that ability? Yeah, that's what, and it, it's it's one of those things where he has the conversation with Yoda where he has a conversation about, I'm afraid of people dying, and Yoda's just like, don't be afraid to lose, to, uh, you know, what that whole speech of like, you got to emotionally detach yourself. That's nothing. I now. honestly think they would have told him, by the way, we can heal each other. Like, that's not something that you just like leave out or. Or at the very least, they could say something of it's like an advanced teaching. But that even comes into play of like, why would Rey have been able to do it? Right. And point in favor of The Last Jedi, if you force project, you die. And that's why people don't do it. Right. This healing thing also costs you your life sometimes, not always. Well, and the only thing... I guess that's an equivalent of what you put forth. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Rey was dead. And so Ben healing her... had to kill himself to bring her back. Right. So, she never, you never saw her suffer for healing Kylo or the sand snake. Right. Like, she wasn't like, ooh, I'm weak. Because to me, Ben was probably well on his way to dying after getting gutted by a lot Oh, yeah, he was. So it, it was a little bit out. unearned in that sense, too. And I felt like a lot of people in our theater, it felt like you could hear an eye roll when he died because so, it just felt like they both did the well, same thing. Because I thought he was dead. Yeah. And then he came back, but then he died. I I agree with um so like I've been reading a lot of audience responses too. So the I was against the Raylo stuff during the Force Awakens era. After Last Jedi, I kind of leaned towards, oh, I see what they're doing with that. That's kind of interesting. I actually think one of the few earned things, again speaking about positives for every bad mm-hmm. thing, that moment before he died, like him bringing her back, just how he like dragged her over that whole moment, them kissing him, smiling for the first time in the yeah. whole saga, that felt so earned, was so 
beautiful. Like it was a great it, moment. That was. I agree. And then it was just left behind. Then it was just all right. I'm gonna lay down and disappear now. And apparently, in some audiences, like people like cheered or went like like did something when during the kiss. But then there were audible laughter when he just laid down and died in Force Ghost because everyone's like, "Oh, it's so the hell, yeah, yeah, yo yoed, right? It's just too much all at once." Yeah, and the fact <sighs> they massacred my boy. <laughs> I love if we could have. If we just had more time, man. <laughs> if he had if he had turned halfway through that movie, that ending would have really hit probably him hit me, more. I think. I think what nails in the coffin is the that pissed me off was he doesn't get a force ghost. You see, you see Luke Leia. You don't even get to see Ben being like, "Way to bury those lightsabers." Even if Palpatine didn't toss him down the pit, if he was just unconscious, or something, you know, like I just think the fact that we thought he was gone, we're like, okay, bye. I suppose like that was already stupid. Yeah, and it's like, of course he comes back. Oh. Now he's gone for real. It just feels very depressing too that all of our heroes from the original trilogy were failures and died, and their son also died. Will be remembered by no one living except Ray. Yeah, or appreciated by no one living except Ray. And that's been. And I'll go into that in more detail during our sequel trilogy retrospective. But uh, that's been my whole problem with this saga is that it's been a like a torch everything behind you saga. And I don't think that's an appropriate way to build off of something. If you're going to continue the story, like I, I get Disney's logic from a business perspective of, we want them to pay attention to our stuff, but you can do that without destroying everything else. Um, yeah. So the ending of the movie is her back on Tatooine. I'm a big proponent that that's that old lady from Phantom Menace telling Anakin to get home. Cause the storm's coming. Cause that'd be hilarious. So but, she must be, ancient but before we wrap Maybe this that's up Palpatine's wife speaking of timeline did this whole trilogy take place over three days <laughs> I think well no it does say it's been a year it was does I think it? it or well, I don't know if it says in the crawl but it's implied like a year or so there was time Finn's because, hair is longer well yeah Finn and Poe we know have gone on missions and before and they wanted Ray to come with them right and she never would so we know there had to be at least a couple before the one we saw which I thought they were going to set up as uh, Ray knows that if she goes, she puts the mission at risk. Remember Luke in Return of the Jedi's the whole I shouldn't have come. Vader can sense me. Mm-hmm. I'm putting right. the mission. I thought that was it, and I thought that was going to be a motivating thing of like I shouldn't have been here because Kylo now knows. They didn't go that route. But very end of the movie. Before we close this out, Ray Skywalker. Peter was sitting next to me. Uh-huh. I I said a few expletives. I that that hurt me like not no like oh that genuinely upset me I was at the same place where if you've listened to our Dark Knight Rises review when they say Joseph Gordon-Levitt's real name is Robin fuck off I'm sorry (laughs) I'm sorry you should go by your real name it it felt the same thing it felt like a tag on at the end what she so in perspective of the whole saga, that's why I said at the beginning of this, I don't think this is the Skywalker saga anymore. It's now the Palpatine saga. Yeah. Because who played a more instrumental role through the whole saga? Pal- Palpatine. Who ultimately brought balance? Palpatine. What did the Skywalkers do? Mess a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tried. To... Yeah. And I get the idea they were going for, that 
you know, we don't have to be our parents or, you know what I mean? Like the whole, like we choose choose our family, family. Mm -hmm. that whole stuff. I think a better message with that same intent would her accepting she's a Palpatine, but knowing that she doesn't have to be that Palpatine. So if she had just said Palpatine and owned it, I would have been 100% on board. I've been like, okay, I still don't like that all the Skywalkers are dead and that legacy's kind of in shambles, but okay, we're going forth. She's accepting who she is. Rah, rah, rah. Go team. If you were making an argument for the Skywalkers being involved at all, would it be the fact that they helped facilitate a Palpatine's training to not get lured in by her granddaddy? I guess. I don't know. It's generous. I actually sure. I actually <laughs> thought I was one of the people that thought Rise of Skywalker was going to allude to, and I know you didn't like this when it, I've told you about this months ago, but I thought it was going to be Rey restarting the order, and instead of going by Jedi, they were going to call themselves Skywalkers. I, I actually thought that would be the ending, and, and I do like that. I like that because that way you can kill off all the Skywalkers, but their legacy has pushed forward right. into they, they changed the game, and that's kind of what they were supposed to be. Right, because the Jedi were obviously hypocritical, and this right. new order is going to embrace some things that the Jedi might not have. Right, it was going to be I think that makes a, a lot of sense. So I, I think that was a ball drop for sure. I It was just too too on the nose. It, it was, was just too corny. I think this movie just had so much fan service that it was hard to take it seriously. Yeah. But I mean that was the ending. Uh let's let's give some final kind of I if you want to, you can give me a one out of ten if that help. I like <laughs> basically final thoughts on the movie. Josh, do you want to go? Yeah, I think the thing I keep coming back to is when Maz in episode seven, when they ask her where she got the lightsaber, she says, a good story for another time. I felt like both J.J. Abrams movies were a good story for another time, <laughs> where they there was a good story there somewhere, and they just glossed over it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can rank it out of 10. I, I think, back to our earlier point, I liked it, but this is not going to hold up very well. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Peter? So not, it was even, I think I like The Last Jedi more as a Star Wars spectacle. I think out of all the Star Wars movies that weren't like really good, Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite visual wise. Oh yeah, Revenge of the the Sith is beautiful. Yeah, like a lot of pretty stuff and I wanted that to be this movie and there was a little bit of that, but overall, whatever. I really wanted, and I thought they were going to do this at the very end when Rey is burying Luke and Leia's lightsabers. I thought the message of what is balance in the Force, but no light, no dark. She's putting an end to it all. Oh, you the know, no like, more Jedi. Yeah, and she's just going to peace out of like all that stuff. And then they they cheated, <laughs> and she she gets a little token, and like that, that again to Josh. You see what color her lightsaber was? Yellow. You know what happens when you mix yellow and uh, blue and red? You get yellow. Ooh. Maybe I'm reading into that, but that's I what I took you, it as. I don't as. think you are. That's what I took it as. I mean, even her hilt's black, so like we get some playing with the light and the dark. But I... Uh, out of 10? Ooh, a better... Uh, if you can't do out of 10, where you'd rank it in the trilogies. That's a good not question. The, not the whole saga, in the but sequel the, trilogy. in the sequel trilogy, how would you rank it? Probably last... Would you go? Would you go one, two, three, 
is your order from best to worst, or would you go yeah. two one three? I would yeah, go two, probably one, one two three. I'd I'd probably go one two three. My my take on it is I had as much fun watching it as I do all the other Star Wars movies, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I think Josh's that gives point you of Star Wars being just super unique. Like there are things that can only happen in Star, in Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, super. Like I had a blast watching it. I know we've talked about a lot of negative stuff, but I think a lot of my because Peter, you, you know this about me is better probably better than anybody. I'm such a like story narrative guy that that's one of the reasons why I love stuff in the prequels is because from a story perspective, it's beautiful. It's all the executions messed up. Yeah. This one, I feel like the opposite. I feel like the directing and the writing for the most part, some of the dialogue in this was pretty cheesy, but for the whole sequel saga, it's been the opposite of the prequels where the execution was, I would say great there. The story is so bad. Um, so I honestly docked that a lot of points. I would probably give this a six and I would, my ranking of the saga, I honestly think this will make me like last Jedi more. I haven't watched last Jedi in a while, so I need to go back. But as of right now, I'd probably do one, two, three. I could see a world where down the line I'm two, one, three. Um, I've, I've always said, or I've, been saying for the past couple of days that i think this saga will have the opposite of the prequel trilogy in the fandom i think the prequel trilogy was made fun of for forever and then it's kind of slowly come back to where everyone just appreciates it for what it is and it's just like this is fun the memes you know it's still beautiful except for some of the cgi and phantom but you know what i mean like it's just a fun movie i think these will be looked at in kind of like everyone's enjoying them now for the most part but I think over the years, everyone will be like, oh, yeah, the sequel trilogy. You know what I mean? I think it'll slowly fade. Just looking at the characters you have, this trilogy has the most interesting characters. And, like, the backstories, they're super – there's a potential for them to be dynamic, but the story has made them about as cardboard as you could be. It was yeah. painfully clear there wasn't a plan. Yes. that And that's – this was the nail in the coffin for me for anybody that argues that there was a plan – because Emperor Palpatine itself, that whole storyline seems like such a fourth quarter Hail Mary of like, we mm-hmm. got to turn this around somehow. Let's bring back somebody who everybody What's going to get people to come to the theater? Yeah. I think that th- I honestly think that there was probably a treatment. Like I said, I think Ben Solo's arc was all the way thought out because Adam Driver's kind of spoken to that. But I think the main meat of the story was a we'll we'll let kind of the directors and writers go as they want, but we got to make sure these people are in certain places. Well, J.J. Abrams has said him doing seven, he had an idea for where it ends. Right. He didn't direct eight. He's doing nine. How can he make it as close to where he was trying to go as he could? Right. And so, and that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, as far as the ending, I I really really wish that the ending of this movie had been Ben Solo's alive, but is self-exiled. Like that, I because I think it still adds a, a beautiful moment of they finally got together, but they can't be together. Because I think it should have been them at Exegol. Because no one knows he's alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the yeah. way it's set up, it's not like everybody saw Kylo Ren turn to Ben Solo. As far as everybody knows, you know, Kylo Ren died on the death star or maybe died probably whoever ray wants to say it 
but Ben could have left Exegol with them. They both could have gone to Tatooine, and Ben could have. They could have had a whole thing of Ben being like, "I'm gonna go. I don't know." Like basically an atonement tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, him being like, "Ray, you should restart the Jedi. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens." You know what I mean? It would have been an interesting. <laughs> Send off. Instead of dying, maybe he transfers all of his force power into Ray, and now he can't use the force anymore. Interesting. Where right. he's alive, but he's no longer a Jedi, and still so, a sacrifice. But it doesn't mean he's off the board now entirely. I read another theory too that he could have gone to Ock too. That'd have been a nice like him basically doing what Luke did, but he just kind of stays there to try to, and then he would have been with the. Force Luke, Force like all them, kind of trying to figure shit out, and he could have come back. I don't, there's a lot of ways would have been more satisfying. It, for sure. But I just think him dying was the Return of the Jedi copycat ending, and that's what ultimately brought the points down to me, or more points down, just because he was my favorite character in the whole saga, and they massacred my boy. I love him, but uh, yeah, we could probably talk about this for another three hours, <laughs> but we should wrap this up. We are gonna do. Star Wars retrospectives. We're going to do the prequels, the original trilogy, and uh, the sequel trilogy is separate episodes. So you have those to look forward to. If you enjoy us ranting and raving about Star Wars, I could do that for days. So, uh, But remember to follow us at TMFTPodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at TMFTPodcast. Josh, thanks for coming on. I, yeah. I hope you come on again for the sequel trilogy or any of the other ones if you want. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. I'm going to put this on the resume. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully John or Zach, one of the two other horsemen, will be back. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time.